plays, musicals, comedies, and the classics. Today's guests have performed them all on stage. Hello, I'm Howard Sherman, Executive Director of the American Theatre Wing, and joining me today are five actors with both varied and impressive credits. Bobby Cannavale, Renee Elise Goldsberry, Judith Light, Leah Williams, and Tom Wopat. Welcome, everybody. Thank you. I want to start by asking a question with a couple of ground rules. Not including anyone on this panel, not including people in shows that you were in, and this is protection for all of you. Um, <laughs> I'm curious if you could tell me about a performance that you've seen that particularly impressed you and why. There are many, and, uh, but I think just for the sake of time, I would pick uh, Viola Davis in Fences. I'd have to say that watching her performance and the simplicity of it and the complexity at the same time was really stunning to me. And just what she did without saying a word that expressed her love for this man and her own process and her own transformation within the body of that play, I'd have to say I, I thought she was really extraordinary. And it, it, it stunned and surprised me, not because of her, because she's a, a wonderful actress, but just watching that kind of process. I don't know if you guys saw that too, but I, I, yeah. I thought she was really, really extraordinary. Uh, to be able to say something without saying a word, I think is, is incredibly difficult mm. and, and uh, terribly exciting. Probably the first thing I ever saw in New York, I was um, 14, I saw Danny in the Deep Blue Sea down oh. at Circle Rep, and it blew my mind. And I just wanted to be John Turturro. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible performance. It was just two actors on stage, him and June Stein, and and it was it reminded me of people from where I grew up, and it sounded like real people to me, and it just um, it made me really made me feel like I could do it. And I'd never seen something that explosive before, so close to me, and it felt it felt really real and dangerous, super dangerous. Was it the uniqueness of the show? compared to other kinds of shows you'd already seen, or was it? Yeah, well, I was a kid, and I'd only done, I, I, I was steeped in local community theater and church theater, and I'd done Man of La Mancha and The Music Man and Flowers for Algernon, so I'd never seen anything like Danny in the Deep Blue Sea <laughs> on stage, and that, that's, the, that's where the danger part came in. I just was, I was scared. I, I really thought that guy was gonna come off the stage and kill us all. It was hmm. exciting. How old are you? 14. Mm. Yeah. Renee? Um, there's always this question about, you know, the technique of acting and does it change, you know, based on the medium, you know, if it's film, television, theater, musicals, straight plays. And um, I, I, I've seen a million, well, not a million, but several wonderful moving performances. But I remember when I saw Laura Benanti in the revival of Nine, um, that it just answered a huge question for me because I felt that she was so simple and, uh, and, there was it was it was it was I think a reaction that could have lived and been truthful and moved me, in any of the mediums on stage in a Broadway house in a huge Broadway house I was in the back, mm -hmm. and I just felt her I just saw her respond and listen and, and speak in a way that I thought really transferred to all of them and and because it was so powerful and so much more powerful than, any form of projection because of the size of the house, I just was like oh. Hmm. I get it. And I, it was really um, educational for me, and it answered a huge question. Tom? Well, I'm going to be cheap and obvious. Uh, Please uh, do. I'm picking a, a film, um, the film Ali. And 
I was watching it and watching it and watching it, and I'm thinking, Howard Cosell, and who the hell is that? And I never, I never knew until I saw the credits that it's John Voight playing Howard Cosell. Ooh. Brilliant. And to me, I mean, there's something about that where you've seen a guy, I mean, how many things have we seen him in? Mm. But unrecognizable, and not just with the disguise, but just the whole manner of speech and, and uh, physicality and that kind of stuff intrigues me. Mm. Me? Well, it's a toss-up actually between Harold Pinter, who I saw um, four years ago performing Cracks last <laughs> 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 mm. um, Beckett's play at the Royal Court. And he was—he uh, had cancer, and he was in a wheelchair, and it was just the most—I mean, he's in a, he was an astonishing actor, and it just wasn't acting. It, it sort of became so transparent and shocking, and just he's incredible. incredible. I, I'm so yeah. glad I got to see him on stage because oh, yeah. I, I love his plays, but I just lucked out, and he, they did that Lincoln Center summer of his plays, and he was in this play. It's like a two-hander about a guy who's torturing somebody. Oh my God! Yeah, No Man's Land. It's a short play. Yes. Oh man, he was in, he was awesome. Terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> when he acts, it's like he walks on razor blades. It's so edgy and dangerous and that, terribly exciting. Yeah, you're you're talking about this thing that I think is so. Um, b both of you talking about this thing of of acting or being. Mm. And when you see a performance <laughs> of someone being right. and not doing, it, 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 it's, a, it's astonishing. I think we're all yeah. transformed and lifted up in a way that, that takes us to another place. And all of a sudden, it was what we were talking about earlier, is that sort of oneness that happens with you and the audience in that moment in time. Mm. And there is this person that is giving you this experience. And I don't know how you do that. But when you see someone do it, you know it. Mm. It's like, like they become yeah. transmitters. It's yeah. like they just transmit something from the page through this electric wire to the audience. It's just, it, it sort of becomes a whole different thing. They get out but, of the um, way. Right. But, the, but, the, but the, it's Margot Fontaine, actually, when she danced um, um, uh, Juliet with mm. Rudolf Nureyev. I was, I was a child, and it's actually the thing that started me acting. Um, because I was absolutely astonished by what I was watching between the two of them, for starters, but also she became this 14-year-old child. And although she was the most graceful, beautiful, amazing dancer, she was an actress beyond measure. And um, she, was, she was 40 or, 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 or older than 40 when she played th that role. With, with Rudolf Nureyev, and I, and I remember thinking, I, I think I was 10 or something, and I remember thinking, how did that happen? And it, it, it awoke my curiosity about what actually acting is, and, or, or what performance is. And well, then it raises my curiosity. You're talking about how much you enjoy seeing someone truly become, indeed submerge into the character. Is that something you feel happens to you when you perform? On a very good day. <laughs> it's always the, the goal, that's always what you're trying to feel, because you know the difference when you're watching it and you know the difference when you're doing it, if you're doing it or if you are 
you know, experiencing. And it's that tricky thing, too, where you'll come off and you'll go, wow, that felt great. And right. then, you know, if you have really good people around you who look at you <laughs> and say, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took over for Kathleen Chalfont in this play, Wit, and I was doing, and one night it was like, I, I was there. <laughs> I was absolutely there. And I turned to my manager afterwards and I said to Herb, I said, hey, what about it, huh? <laughs> How about it? And he said, oh, no, I don't think so. He said, baby, that play was three minutes longer tonight. He said, you know, so it's that really fine line of not being out of yourself and saying, oh, this is really going well, right. or that thing of just being there and then letting the, the gods sort of take you. That's yeah, a I, I very fine line. I think you kind of hit a full range, too, sometimes. I mean, you know, you're talking about being a conduit for the material to get to the audience. And, and to be, to really, I mean, I'm not a good enough actor to, to act some of the stuff that I'm doing on stage, so I mean, <laughs> I gotta go there. I gotta go deep and I gotta go painful. Mm. And, but then there's days when that just doesn't come and I think that's when you show your professionalism mm. Mm. of how to approximate what, you know, mm. what you do on a great day right. and do it on an average day. Right. You know, to keep your level up there at, at, at least, you know, a full 75%. <laughs> and it depends on so many things, as we were right, saying. Right, yeah. yes. It depends on laundry. Uh, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How you know? Did you f trip up on your way in? Did you have a bad phone call, or is the actor that you're working with, or the actress that you're working with, is is the dynamic? What's the dynamic there today? And then you've got who's in the audience right. and how did they travel to the theatre and uh, it's kind of a you know a composition of all of those things and every now and then quite miraculously they all come together it's very rare and then you get this kind of alchemy don't you I was doing catered affair you know which is about a, a family relationship and I look out one day and in the second row is my brother's ex-wife oh my god and, <laughs> I mean, of, and I hadn't seen her for like five years <laughs> and there she is I'm going well that's going to inform today <laughs> yeah I mean, it's the beauty of the process that's too. fun I mean, it's fun like uh, I mean working in the theater I mean you, you know we you, I, I, I trust very much the process of four weeks of being locked in a room with these same people. Yeah. And then the three weeks of previews, if you're lucky and you have a lot of previews, to, to like or six shut months it out, like man. Spider -Man. <laughs> or six months like Spider-Man. But, uh, but what the do whole shut-outness shut out? of, I don't know, it's just me and the people I'm with. Yeah. And, and that's like, that's nirvana to me, you know, just yeah. being yes, exactly. completely in the world that we've been creating and trusting it and not worrying about them. And, and, and it's, it's so interesting, we were talking about this beforehand, is that there is this living, breathing organism in this moment in time with these people, yeah. like now, these people and those people right. that are there. And the optimal is, you know, it, you don't, it's not just the phrase give a performance for nothing. We are in a service business. Mm -hmm. So they're there with us, and that moment in time, that moment, yeah. nowhere else, nothing else. That's it, nothing else. And, and they're peeking in. Yes, and yes, we exactly that. give them that experience, and then they exchange that energy with us. There is nothing like that. Yeah. But it's interesting what he said about when it's not, I mean, because, you know, we're, I think in some form we're all perfectionists a, a bit. I don't know. I mean, yeah. That's the pain in it, is that you know when it's not that, and how do you deal with it? Like he said, and I think there's a lot of forgiving yourself <laughs> that has to go on. Yeah. You have to, and then a lot of trusting of the other people, and then a lot of trusting the actual words that in spite of where I'm at at this particular moment, it's still going to be communicated to this The thing, too, okay. I think sometimes, yeah. uh, you know, in vocal performance, I've been in a situation where, where 
you know, laid in the set and I'm just pooped. But I get to a song and all of a sudden I'm singing it tired. Mm. And I feel myself singing it tired and I'm thinking, well, that's kind of interesting, exactly. actually. <laughs> and you discover a whole different thing. Or if somebody has pissed you off before right. you go on stage. Yeah. Yeah. And one time Bernadette's passing me in back of the theater. She says, you're still mad at me, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> but there's something interesting about musical performance, which is you have to follow a certain pace. You don't have necessarily the latitude to add a few minutes. Um, as you I didn't either. That wasn't latitude. Yeah. That was indulgence. <laughs> but, but does, does <laughs> musical performance or, or musical backing on a show, does that help you always find your way through? Well, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of other things that are involved besides tempo. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I'm talking about, you know, tired or, or angry or that kind of thing, that you can do any of those at the same speed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes when I find that I'm sort of lost in, you know, of the day or the whatever, that, and particularly this happens with Lombardi, where there are only six of us in the cast, and so there's a lot of energy exchange among us before we start oh, the yeah. show, and that is incredibly helpful to me to get to shut out, get rid of my uh, day, come here. present, really love them so deeply. But I also know that if I'm lost in the play or I'm somewhere else or I see my ex, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever, that, that all of a sudden if I look there, I'm home. I'm right oh, there. Oh, and Laurie talks about yeah. that all the time. You right, right. just look right there right. and it's like, oh, there you are. Right. And right. that helps me tremendously. I'm a big proponent of the five-minute hug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love yeah. that. I love yeah. it. We do it, and it's important. <laughs> it's we look important. at each other. Yes. Does it matter to you, uh, I mean, like the percentage of your audience that are sports fans? Doesn't that make a difference in what... Oh, what that's such a good question. You know, the magic of that is that m many of these people have never been to a play before. Right, right, right. And so all of a sudden, this new group of people has entered the world of the theater. Mm -hmm. And it has this combination. And so I've often said, this is the people's play. So yes, because they are experiencing something they've never experienced before. Yeah, I'm a Packers fan. It made me cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's got a lot of element, I think, though, to, to, to what the theater's always been about. And we have the same situation. I mean, I've never been in a play where more than half the audience is probably the first, it's their first time to the theater. Oh, of course. And they, right. and they might be coming to see Chris Rock, and two minutes into the play, they're they in forgot. the play. Yeah. They've forgotten. Yeah. And we're doing a play that takes place in Times Square today. We're doing it in Times Square. There's sounds of subways and people on, on people and, and ambient noise, and these people are talking back to the play. And when I tell you it doesn't, it doesn't interrupt anything, right. it's part of the cacophony of what's happening on stage. And it's a beautiful thing. And they're all, afterwards, they're telling us, we've never been to the theater before. Yeah. Right. That's exciting. Yeah, <laughs> That's it is. so Great. exciting, man. It is. I mean, we Gorilla have people theater, come. Huh? Yeah. I mean, we have people come in Packers uniforms and oh, Packers sure. shirts and jackets, and you know, they're they're totally connected in a way that thrills me because that means to me that they're going to come see another play. Mm -hmm. Right. They're going to come back again because they've had an experience, and isn't that what we all want them to do is to have that experience of coming to the theater yeah. Yeah. i mean i see tony yeah. kushner and i've seen angels in america right. so many times and I, I just think i want them to go see that right. i want them to yeah. have that right. experience yeah there you, you know? go well you're breaking and, and, them in and, and, <laughs> and where they go away talking about the thing that they've just seen rather than you know talking about where they're going to have dinner right is right. isn't it is a is a great thing because with with Arcadia, we, I mean, you do you do sense that there's an anxiety in the audience who 
think that they might not understand right. you know, right. thermodynamics and right. heat exchange. <laughs> but actually, what they realise through watching the play is that it's about people and relationships and passion and compassion mm -hmm. and love and all of these other themes come into it. So at the end of the evening, they feel like they've had this huge experience. And you can, you know, you get, you, you, you get um, blogs and, and letters and things from, from people who go away discussing it for days and and sort of referring it to their own ex great. life experiences that's and and that's what good right. theater is and right. i think that's what it should demand right. well do you all hear from audiences i mean either at the stage door or letters and how does that affect you we had um i'm in good people now and it's this brilliant play by david Lindsay bear and it's you know it's discussing you know everything that's relevant today you know class issues you know issues with you know paternity and and uh, a little bit of race issues in there, and um, and we had a performance for high school students a couple weeks ago. All of them, seventeen. Those are awesome. Oh yeah, I saw them. I saw them outside. Did you? Yeah, it looked amazing. And you know, I've done performances like that before with other productions, and the joke typically is they'll laugh, you know, every time we curse, and that'll be yeah. it. Do you know what I'm saying? Or you make a sex joke. Or a sex right, joke, right. or whatever, and sex that'll drugs. be exactly yeah. sex drugs. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Um, but th what's fascinating about this experience is the play is kind of centered around this moment that happened between the two lead characters when they were 17 and we didn't realize it until we were uh, in the play that we had an audience full of 17 year olds there's even a line in the play where he's like no one's 17 or there's another line he's like everyone's an idiot when they're 17 I mean, you know they doing, went crazy right? they, no they were just listening but it was uh it was i felt it, it you know i think that audiences specifically specific audiences teach you about your play. That's what's oh, so fascinating. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, we learn yeah. so much. I mean, even I'm, I'm, I'm not in the first act of my play, so I listen to it often, and, and I'm listening to it learning. Right. I just, because he I'm hearing it through them. I mean, and that's kind of what happens when you have someone in the audience, like your father is there, or your whoever. Right. Right. You're listening it, Ugh. you know, through their ears and, and yeah. hearing, you know well, what I'm saying? Yes, that's so dance. true. Ex <laughs> yes, you know what I mean? So that's the fascinating thing, is how a group of people that's there can inform you, can teach you about the work you've been doing for three months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you hear things in a way that you've never, you've exactly. never heard them before, and I love that they, you know, that the seventeen-year-olds oh. come because they are our future. Yeah. Oh, They're exactly. the ones that are going to be like yeah. you, that are, or yeah. you and God, you know, many yeah. of us go when they're ten years old, the when they're fourteen is, years old. You don't old. have to pander to them. You don't no, have to they're so smart. No. They were so smart. I mean, I, I was wrong when I said that's what they would laugh at. I mean, they did laugh at those things. Right. But the, but the five more, yeah. minutes of, I mean, it, it was actually hard to did go back to our normal. We did, yeah. And they're so smart and. But you know, it was it was a painful come down to go back to the normal audience after them right. because five minutes we had to wait for them to respond to some of the moments in our production. I mean, and 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 uh, and it was talk about having to go deep. I mean, you're either going to break out laughing on stage, staring at your you know fellow <laughs> actors because you can't believe the feeling of that energy is like nothing you've ever experienced. We had to really go so deep just to wow. stay in it right. to survive that energy. It was brilliant, and hmm. it was a gift to us. I thought. You know? In college, I did a, a workshop production of, of Virginia Woolf, and our guy, our director, took us to a halfway house, to an alcoholic halfway house, to do a performance, like oh a community function. And there is so much drinking in that play. Oh, it's so And bad. so, I mean, this crowd was on the edge of the, <laughs> the whole time. It was amazing. Like you're talking about informing what, yeah. you, what you're. It's just like an unbelievably mm -hmm. intimate experience mm -hmm. in the theater. Yeah. I mean, yes. And for kids and for pe pe anybody who comes to the theater for the first time, I think it's, I think it's they feel something. There's something there that they haven't felt before that I think 
spurs conversation and it spurs um, a desire to want to have that experience again because there's no other experience like it. Yeah, you don't have that experience not. when you go to a movie. Mm-mm. You don't have that experience when you're watching a television show. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's tremendously intimate. You, you don't want to disturb what's going on. Right. And so you invest in them and right. you feel that investment. It's like an ethereal thing, but you feel it when you're up there. Yeah. And, and it's so, at the same time, it's so human. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get to investigate, we get to show them what a human being is psychologically in a way that they may never get to see. Mm. We get to investigate our own selves as we're doing the mm. work. Right. I mean, it is like no other art form mm. and no no other experience. It's incredibly spiritual to me and incredibly human. On a good day. Spiritual for different reasons on a bad day. <laughs> don't you find you want to move yourself and tap yourself into that yeah. all the time? Me Sometimes too. it's and really difficult. It's just urgent yeah. and crucial. Yeah. And yeah. it has to really live, doesn't it? I yeah, mean, yeah. It, we, I think governments everywhere should be investing in it. <laughs> well, because, you know, politics and things like that can sort of um, uh, keep people at odds with each other. There's a right Right. and a wrong. This is an expression of humanity Mm. in this moment in time Mm -hmm. where there's no right or wrong. There's no polarization. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, everybody gets to come together. They they may not agree in the play. They may not like it. But yeah, it's full community. You're talking about the coming together of the cast with the audience. I want to come back to a couple of comments that we went past fairly quickly about the coming together of the cast with each other Mm -hmm. every night. You spoke about energy exchange. You spoke about the five-minute hug. I Mm -hmm. once was privileged to be invited into a prayer circle Mm -hmm. uh, before a performance of a show. Are there either personal rituals or group rituals that help you get together so that when you all go out, you are together every night? I think it varies on the production. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, presently in, in, in a big musical like Catch Me If You Can, it's kind of impossible to get everybody mm-hmm. out together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things that does help, I mean, in the old days, everybody would go out drinking afterwards. <laughs> Not so much anymore. I mean, some of the younger guys do. But like, for example, in our situation, we had a softball game yesterday, the Broadway oh, Softball League. That's right. And that kind of thing. I think we beat really you. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Elliott beat us. <laughs> <laughs> But it was our first game the in any practice. <laughs> yeah, they're all, they can really play ball. <laughs> Just <go> yes. <laughs> girls can hit. <laughs> but uh, that kind of thing is a huge bonding thing. Mm-hmm. And really, I mean, to, to be able to do something social that's away, from the, uh, mm. that's away from the performance can be a big help, I think. For me, one of the things that I, I always make a point of is that every night before the show at half hour or just a little bit after that, I go up and into all the guys' rooms and I just hug them and check in and see how their day was and all of that. So that's a that's a real preparation for me. And then at 15, I go in and I sit and I be with Dan and we sit and talk about our day and just, you know, like like folk and like that. And then I, I do um, I do some yoga and I do some meditation and stuff and I, I have some pictures in my dressing room of people that are long gone that I sort of connect with. Does that pattern of checking in, you're in a show where you are the only woman. Yes. And you and Dan play husband and wife, and in a way you take on varying parental roles to the other characters in the show. So is that practice dictated by the show that you're in, or is that something you tend to do um, in any show? I, I tend to connect with people. I'm a, a people person, and I like that. But I think Tom is, is correct. I think it, it happens to have happened in this show. I mean, they call me mom, and they call him pop. So there is that parental 
kind of thing. And that just grew out of having had a tone set by uh, Tommy Kale, our director, and by our, um, our playwright, Eric Simons. And there, that evolved over time. It was that four weeks in the room. It was the, the intimacy of working together. And it grew out of that. We do exactly the same. We, we sort of flip between dressing rooms to each other and, and chat about, you know, very ordinary things that the day has thrown mm -hmm. before us. And, um, but we all feel, because, because the play is just so completely glorious, we, we've all, we're all very, very close. It, it does depend, doesn't it, on, the, yeah. on what the play, what, what energy the play has and what the play is about as well as, as, as to how you relate to the people within it. And, and, I, and, and you are right, it, it does depend on each production, mm -hmm. how, uh, how you deal with the, the, the bit before you go on stage. Because, Renee, as you said, you're not in the first act. Right. Everybody else is. That's scary, right. isn't it? Um, you know <laughs> what? Because I'm not in the first scene. Oh, you yeah. kind of wait. You've got this waiting period. Yeah, I, I've, I've done that before where I've had kind of one great act, and that was it. And I always like it when it's the second, because people remember you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it can be scary because you have, you have to kind of catch up and, you know, jump onto a moving train. Mm. But in this particular piece, because I think it's so brilliantly constructed, I feel like I inherit a lot. You know mm, what I'm saying? That's great. So it actually serves me because I feel like I walk into something that's already you, done. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm getting laughs that were set up by other people, other, other actors and, hmm. and things like that. And so it's, it's, it's and, and I'm just so, I feel so, I feel so sure of um, the piece and, and the power of it that it's, that I'm not, that it's not, there's nothing to fear actually. And, and that's, and that is unique, I have to that's say. Great. People ask, you know, I, I feel like, <laughs> I, I feel like it's easy. I mean, easy in a certain way. I mean, there are things that we've already said that are very difficult about it, but this particular production for me compared to others. And I was wondering why, and I think it's because there's not really a moment of dread in it for me. Like I've, I've been in so many productions where there was one particular moment that I had to make it through so I could kind of sigh. Relax, yeah. <laughs> that's the sign of great writing. I think so. There's yeah. and, there, and there are huge, wonderful moments that really- And great actors. Too. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, absolutely true. Fellows. So I, I, so I do kind of, I feel like I literally just walk on and, and it's kind of done for me and, it's, and it seems very easy and, and wonderful. But, um, but yeah, it, it can be different. It's just this particular production that is that. Is there a benefit to working with actors that you've worked with previously? I, I, I've been lucky. I've been able to work with a few people that I've worked with a few times, directors and actors. And yeah, I mean, I haven't been in a situation yet where I was like, God, I hope I never get to work with that person again. And then, <laughs> and then I do. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, every—I mean, it's the play, right? The play dictates what the experience is going to be. I mean, I've been in plays where um, where we didn't do a five-minute thing. Uh, you know, this this particular play, we do the five-minute thing because we, the, the, all five of us, are desperately relying on each other, the characters in the play. We all desperately want and need from each other, so we check in with each other. And really, it's just, you know, like Chris will tell a joke, and you know, and and we're joking, 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 and then it's like. Three minutes go by, then we're like, we're getting tighter with the hands around here, and like, <laughs> like you know, we're rubbing each other a little bit more, and you just feel it. It's I'm like, gonna come over to you. I know. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. And by the time it's ready and Chuck says places, 
we're like in love with each other and we're, we all have goosebumps and yeah. we go. It's great if all the shows could get together. <laughs> I know. <laughs> group hug. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of that. It, well, that's, that's to me being part of this Broadway community is I feel that. It's yeah. a very small so community. Do I, I'm as so a Brit, I really honored do and feel grateful. That. Yeah. Um, but working with Dan Laurie, I mean, I've known Dan for a long time. He was my pimp on One Life to Live. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So we that's already right. have that sort of. <laughs> <laughs> um, that established connection uh, between us, not just from having worked together, but having worked together and liked each other very much. So there's a history there. Mm. So that definitely does inform mm. the play, I think. I, I there's, oh, sorry, there's a different kind of production um, in doing like Glengarry Glen Ross. Yeah. That was a production where there was very little contact before yeah. the show. I mean, we'd talk to each other and be polite to each other, but that is such an alienated bunch of guys. You know, and everybody's angry and everybody's upset through the whole show, basically. And so there was very little bonding. And, and it really worked. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it had to. It, that's, that's the I'm, same when I did the homecoming, yeah. It's the same yeah, I mean, it's, that's, yeah. there's just that kind of angst on the stage that has to be there. So, I mean, we were uh, friendly offstage, but it wasn't, it wasn't, there was no five-minute hug. Couldn't you have the group hug? In Glen, the five-minute hug. I love this new phrase. This set. Mm -hmm. in Glen Gary, Glen Ross, and still sure. have the alienation. Do you know what I mean? Must it be that you have a disconnected relationship with somebody off stage that you, in order to have it on stage? I I don't it was think never, one it, does, but it doesn't wasn't spoken. No, but, no, no. But and it was never set up that way. It was just I think just the nature of the piece. Right. And the nature of the different performances that guys gave mm -hmm. is, is that um, it just lent itself to that. And you were respectful of yeah. that in some way. And, and maybe, maybe it wasn't that way for the other guys. Maybe, maybe it was just me, because I was really the only victim in the play. Mm. You know, the guy yeah. who gets yeah. taken. But the other guys were competing. I mean, it's a play about relentless competition. Yeah. yeah. And so you may have been more of a target, but they're, they're all targeting each other all the time. Yeah. But it's interesting, as we're talking about the relationship, we've been talking about the relationship certainly between the actors and between the actors and the audience. Let's talk a little about the relationship with the director. You're saying, you know, you're in the room, you've got four weeks where it's just you guys with the director, then you've got whatever the preview period, and then the director goes away. So what do you enjoy when the director is there, and what do you enjoy when the director's not there? <laughs> Well, we can talk a little about that. I hate when the director goes away. Mm. Really? I, I've never not liked, I've never, yeah, I, I, I don't mind having, not having rehearsal from <laughs> 12 to 5 right. every day. I like when that part kind of goes away. <laughs> but I, I, I do like having, I, I do miss <coughs> the director being around. Um, I feel, I get really reliant on the director. I, I, I just do. Uh, Tommy Kale has never gone away. He came to the show again last night, and we were going out to celebrate Dan's birthday afterwards. And he came to the show and gave me notes afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I, I love that. He never. Mm. He used to say, I'll, "I'll see you guys later." On, you know, when he, he directed in the Heights, and he would go over to Heights, and w you know, watch the show, and then he would come over to us. I just, I agree. I just, I love, it. I love when he comes back. I think it, it keeps it alive and fresh in that growing sort of organism. <laughs> 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 We've had the uh, director, you know, I mean, there's been directors where we were going, God, is he in the house? That's tonight? what I was going <laughs> to It depends. I'm glad it he's depends. not in the house. Tonight. I don't yeah. really want to tell him I'm not here. I'm because, <laughs> of, because of your performance? Or no. you're just no, not ready? No, no. Relationships. Just, just, it, the, there are directors you love and there are directors you don't love. 
And I mean, it's never unanimous, but a lot of times it's kind of consensus. We, uh, it, with Daniel Sullivan is directing Good People. He's fantastic, brilliant, wonderful. It's an interesting, it's interesting to work with different directors because you can love them and they can be so different from each other. Mm. Um, but when he, he I, we, were, we, we were maybe a couple days, we had at least a, almost a week of previews left and he was like, one day in rehearsal, this is it. And we were like, what, you know? You know, because you have a certain dependence on a, on the director That's that you trust. That's kind of cool, though. It was kind of it's cool, like but he was like, I don't think he wants to be around <laughs> when when um, the reviewers start showing up. He has, has a lot of other things to do, whatever. But he, so he it was maybe three or four days before we thought he would be gone that he left, and we felt a bit like, oh my god. Um, but um, I, you know, when you trust the director, you kind of want them there. Mm. Um, and so every time he comes back, we're so grateful, and it's a, it's almost, it's almost. Um, you almost, he almost, I think, pulls himself away because you get dependent on him in a certain mm. way. Um, because you want somebody to check in after two months to see where we've gone awry, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Take and out the improvement. Exactly. <laughs> I, do like, I do like the sculpting that a yeah. director does. Oh, I, yeah. I love it so much. I, so. I never went to acting school, so I, like, I, 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 and I, I was a terrible student and I hated authority, and the only people that I ever really looked up to and respected were my directors. Mm -hmm. And so like, I kind of, like, I really love them being around, and I actually, they're the only people I'll really listen to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I like when they come back and tinker with it. Mm -hmm. I feel and like I'm actually good at something. They have yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. But there, there's a difference, I think, between being codependent and yeah. you know, and having to have somebody there all the time and and all of that. But I love the sculpting and the tinkering too. And Tommy doesn't. He won't create a codependent relationship with anybody. I mean, he isn't there all the time. Mm. He's there enough, and we know that he will be stopping in to talk about it and reshape it and that's you know, kind take of out the improvement. Too, and oh yeah, absolutely kind of about affection. Yeah, that's his deal. Yeah. Yeah, for and, sure. And the sign of a really great director. Because mm -hmm. the sign of a great director is one who is prepared to let you fly. Right. Somebody allows you to fly, but is also there at a certain point yeah. to, to guide you right. back into This way. A, right, it's <laughs> like you're, all, you know, you're walking down a line and somebody's there to say, oh, you're off course, and then right. you get yourself back on course. But it's you that gets yourself back on course. Right. The They're not doing it for The thing you. that I miss about a director yeah. it not being there is, is the, having an arbiter. Mm. Because sometimes, I mean, <laughs> when there are people, I mean, actors are human beings, yeah. and everybody has to kind of look out for themselves in a certain way. And there are some actors th that uh, insecurity gets the better of them, and they start being selfish on stage. And that's where a director is a big help, because mm. you can go, you know, I mean, I'm not going to fight them on stage, but I, I wish somebody would say, you know, you, know, you got to back off of that particular place so that you can allow the other, you know, the regular synergy that was there before to exist. If somebody starts taking over the play, then that gets rough. I'm, I'm working with a stage manager now that I've worked with once, my only other experience on Broadway, I'm very lucky, he's a, awesome, Chuck Means, and, he, uh, and he'll just say, um, and we just opened last week, so if you're already <laughs> saying stuff. And, uh, and, it, and he'll just say, scene two, three minutes over, just letting you know, Yep. four minutes long. Yep. And you know, like, we're, we're always walking this, thin line of, of, of this artistic s sense of what we're doing and the professional sense of knowing right. what we need to do. Right, too. absolutely right. right. And, yeah. and that's being a professional and yes. you have to have that. Yes. And we can do both. Yes. And I like the little check-in, like, you know, I think that's a good diplomatic way it's to do brilliant. it. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. Great, great stage managers, <laughs> great stage managers, Trip Phillips, Diane DeVito, my God. You, that's exactly right. I'll just say, Di, how, how, how much over were we tonight? And she'll say, nope, we're right on track, right on track. Yeah. Or, 
you know, Tripp would like write us all a little note, a little memo and say, just want you to be aware in this scene, blah, 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 blah. And, and that is, that's an amazing gift. I, I mean, totally agree with that, uh, particularly in a long run. Yeah. You need that yeah. check-in, don't yeah. you? Yeah. We have Ira Mont. Have you worked with uh, uh, Ira? Yeah. He's yeah. absolutely sensational. He came to me, and, and th this doesn't happen in England where the, the stage manager can sort of check in with you and give you little notes. It's, it just goes to an assistant director. Mm. So it was kind of a new experience. He came to me and he said, um, just the way you're shutting the door at the end of that scene, it's a kind of kudum. <laughs> and it used to be a boom. And oh. I thought about it and I thought, <laughs> now, is that note okay? <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I thought about it and yeah. he was absolutely right. Uh. Absolutely right. Not least because of the music cue to follow it. But and so it was a mu it, it was a music cue, but it was also a musical yeah, beat. beat. Yeah. And um, I was really grateful and I thought, what a brilliant stage manager. They've but been in the room with us for all those exactly. weeks. Yes, exactly. Yeah, how how different is it in England? I mean, the whole process. I mean, I know that's just too grand a question. It's kind of more edgy here, and there's more passion, and it's more. It's. I, I, I'm. I just feel like the luckiest person on the planet to be here. I really, really. What do you mean nice by edgy? Um, it's raw. There's a raw feeling. Mm. You know, there's there's a greater cost. Um, there's more to lose. Mm. Um, and well, but there's also more to gain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and and, and uh, it's it's um it's just a very very exciting celebratory thing being here. And but of course, I, wanted to, oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say your one other experience on Broadway, you'd come over with an with English play. play. Was it was and it was yeah. just two yeah. other actors, mostly you and Michael Gambon. So it wasn't the same as suddenly interacting with with people with different styles and experiences. Yes, exactly. I just want to put a pin in what you said. Oh, what you did, actually, with the note. It's like, you didn't just say, what in, why is, why is he telling me this? This is something. <laughs> <laughs> or say, or, or just you take it actually, thinking of it. Right, you, you actually said, wait a minute, is that you stopped. And thought and, about it. And you thought about it, instead of just, you know, how sometimes, I mean, I don't, Sure, you guys do this too. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, thank you. No more notes. It's like, right. But door. Like, the truth <laughs> is, if you really stop and door really, door. if that is, the, if the idea is to make it better and to make it, is to listen because we don't, mm. we don't know, we can't see, we mm. don't right. have eyes in the back of our head. Mm. We need someone else. Mm. I mean, I, that's why I love the director is because I can't see what I'm doing. Exactly, there's, it's the third eye. And yeah. there's guidance, and it's like. You know, to do that with your stage manager too is just. And if you, and if you feel like you don't have someone you trust to do that, then it's human nature that we will start to leave the character that we're playing and and be the third eye outside, Not right? Good. Policing Not each good, other, yeah. and that's the and worst thing. Sometimes we don't know yeah. when we're being. Yeah. Sometimes we don't know that we're being indulgent. I agree that there are actors that definitely know when they're being indulgent. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you're being a run of a play, and 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 you don't. You lose, you know, you lose, you lose yeah. sight of it, and uh, and gosh, you 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 know you. That expression, I'd watch him read the dictionary. Yeah. It's just an expression. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it is. I mean, I really, I mean, I love Jeffrey Rush. I would watch him read the dictionary, but not really. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I want to, you know, I want to still, I want the play to come across. That's why I was so exactly. grateful to Herb when he said to me, no, 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 honey, three minutes over. You're indulging. <laughs> you know, it's like, stop. But it's true. But and it sometimes we just get caught up in oh. that moment. But of that loving it so much, and it's that's then it's all of a sudden it's not necessarily 
good for the audience and you are reading the But that's what's so difficult about it because, um, you know, I, I, to me the thing is, you know, we were talking about how great it is when it's great, when it's real, when we are in the moment and all these wonderful things. And then that is the worst thing that happened to you the next night, that you were in the moment the night before. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yes, exactly. oh, because I know now you have some allegiance to what it was and you have to let it go and be something different. And that's what's hard when you're trying to know whether you're indulgent or not because you want to be freed from any rhythm you're right. that ever worked. Or it's not good because it's right. not about how you said it, it's where you said it from. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. So that's the thing that's so difficult. I'm, I was just thinking about this the other night. I'm like, I want to be free to, to let myself experience something and not feel that I have to be a part of this rhythm because that'll destroy whatever was good. Yeah. However, am I now being indulgent? I mean, you're always riding that line. It feels like gotta, surfing. Or something. And that becomes right. more yeah. and more confusing as the run goes on in your head. Absolutely. Your head starts to distort on, on, on the text and, right. and how you're communicating with somebody. And, um, and that's when you need the director to come in and say, because right. you can lose thing. sight of it. But to me, that's like, it's just sitting here with you guys talking about this right now in this moment, the excitement and the aliveness of it to me. I never do Even do this more, Tommy. You do this all the time. I hang with the carpenter. Yeah, me too. But the excitement of talking about this. I mean, I will be informed tonight on my performance sure. off of having been with you guys yeah, today. Great. I will. And it's like, that's true. It's like you try to recreate what that thing was that you had right. last you night. Can't, and you can't. And, and then you simulate it. And you're out of the work either. Oh, yeah. yeah. At the moment. Well, let me, we've been working backwards. We, we almost started with audience. Uh, we've talked about working with your fellow company members. We've talked about the director. I'd like to talk about your relationship to the author, because very often we hear that it's appropriate for actors to talk to the director and the director to talk to the author. You have all worked or are working in new pieces. And I'm curious as to how much interaction you get with the author. Do you desire more interaction with the author, perhaps, than, than you get? I think it varies piece to piece, like most mm. every, everything does. Um, I think in a smaller piece, it, it's probably helpful. I mean, I mean, I think you probably have a little bit of an advantage in being close to the author. In the bigger pieces, with a, you know, like a big musical like this, Terrence McNally started it, and then mm, Brian, um, Brian is there, our, our new guy who's done more, and it's been it's been a real process of trying to put those two styles together and to uh, honor the stuff that Terrence did uh, and, and still be open to the new stuff. Uh, so it's been, that's been bizarre, actually, to have two mm. completely different authors. And you've uh, worked on that show for a long time, uh, too. <laughs> I played the boy when we started. <laughs> <laughs> and very well, I might have. I think five or six years ago no. wow. when the process started. And, and, and the one thing in the musical situation is that we have the musical guys there all the time. Mark and, and Scott are there all the time. They were there last night. Hmm. And, um, you know, for guys like Spider-Man, I mean, Bono's never there. Hmm. That's got to be incredibly hard. Hmm. But uh, for the music input of things, that's been, that's been terrific working with those guys. Great musicians and, and uh, ask questions of them and how they want things and how much leeway I have. And they give me a lot. Mm. Right. I love having the writer there. I've been lucky to work on a lot of new plays and 
and I love, I love hearing where they're coming from, and they all speak differently. Some of them aren't right. directors, a lot of them aren't, um, and you just hope you have a director to put you on action to mm. be able to decipher what they're saying, but it's incredibly valuable to have Steven Girgis mm. talk in his own language, which is the language that these people in his plays talk. To talk. Mm. Um, it just mm. adds more to the, to, I, I know where he's coming from. Mm. I, exactly I love it. That's exactly true, yeah. Eric it. Simonson was with us the entire time, and he's also a director. So it wasn't like, you know, Tommy Kale separated us out from Eric, or Eric separated us from, it was, it was everybody together, mm. and having him in that room, and we would throw out ideas. I mean, and this is a new American play, like you're talking mm. about, it's mm. like, what happens, we'll try something and he'll say, no, that doesn't work, or we'll try something else and he'll say, yes, that does work. So the, the, um, the communication and the, the energy exchange among everyone, I think really was incredibly exciting. And you know, it goes back to that passion and that, that intimacy, it's fantastic. And some writers can't be in the room that much. Yeah. Some writers like have to get, I remember when we were doing Hurley Burley, mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, was t it had been 20 years since it had been done, and David was in the room for a lot of it. And then there came a point where he needed to just go away, because it wasn't quite happening the way he needed it to happen in that moment. We just hadn't found it yet. And I'll just <laughs> never forget, it was awesome having him. Um, and again, you know, you ask him about Eddie and Phil and all these characters, and he's talking about real people in his life that he's, that he's got these, that he based right. these people on, so it's an incredible source. And I remember, I remember uh, the Ethan and I being in the middle of a scene and, and in rehearsal, and David just getting really red, <laughs> and um, and uh, and and we took a break, and he said, and we were like, "What's up, man? You okay?" And he, <laughs> and he said, "I just know that the violence, there's got to be, the violence has to happen there." <laughs> and you know, we're two weeks in the rehearsal, and <laughs> we we yeah. found an incredibly violent moment, but not for like another two weeks. He wants right. result, yeah. Mm. yeah. And sometimes, yeah, yeah. Had to wait for yeah, so you had to go get process. coffee. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, well, yeah. But that's also an issue of when it's a new play versus a play that's been done is being revived and the author has certainly seen it and liked how it worked the first time around right. and, and it wants it to be there faster. I mean, is, is there a difference between new plays and, and Joe Mantello was on the line with David Mamet and he says, so David, he says, uh, you got anything to tell me about this play? David says, I like it. <laughs> that was it. That was it. <laughs> and we saw David opening night. That was it. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Carol well, Pinter it's a pretty player. perfect play. You could ask Harold Pinter a question about his own play, and he wouldn't know the answer. Oh, interesting. You know, I remember when I did The Room and with him, which was the first play he ever wrote, and my, my character is sort of half responsible for kicking a woman out of uh, 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 um, her, the, the place that she's living in. And I said, I remember saying to Harold, do you think she does, my character does this deliberately? And he went, oh, no, 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 I don't think so. And then it came to the final run in the um, rehearsal room. And we did the run. He came up to me at the end and he said, do you know, I think you could be right. <laughs> And he, he'd written it. <laughs> right. That's and cool. Wow. It's so cool. I, I think there are authors who, there are, who put the situation like on the thing and then above, see they, yeah. they see it come to life in front of them. Yeah. I, I was listening to what Bobby was saying and, and, and sitting in the room with, um, with David Lindsay Bear and, and Dan Sullivan, which I think is also a really important thing when you're working on a new play is the relationship between the director and the playwright. I think that's crucial to make it a good experience. 
um, they have a fantastic relationship, so they trusted each other. So it was really, really, um, really, really great. But I used to look at David and be like, "This has got to be killing you." That first three weeks when we could not get hit, we could not get our lines for anything. I mean, that's got to be the hardest oh, line for a playwright. Oh, we because we're paraphrasing, and, 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 it's, oh. and it's terrible. My favorite thing to do is, as you know? I always do it every play, as I go. But this sounds better. <laughs> I do it. I do it once just to see if they get a reaction. Right, from the right. It, it, you know, and that was actually interesting for me when working with the playwright, sitting there for every single rehearsal, because I felt. Um, I felt like, you know, normally in theater, you know, the play is, the words are the, it's like the Bible, do you know what I mean? And, you, you know, you take for granted that it's right, right? And then if it's not working, it's your fault as the actor. That's what you're living up to is what it is. You know, in television, I mean, one life, you know, we're on a television show. If it's not working, the first time it comes you, out of your yeah, mouth, you change it. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Right. But in the theater, that's, you know, that's the mark of a good actor is that I make this, however ridiculously right. it's written, work. <laughs> right. Or I'm not good. That's what I learned. And so it was bizarre to me that before we even got it right, we had a playwright right there that would say, if anything wasn't working right away, he would just change it. And I used to be like, no. Yeah, hang on a Give second. Give us a second. A second. Let's, let's Let me get let there. I know you have 20 other great times. ideas, but I'm so in love with what you sent me first that I read. Let me, get, let me, let me find my way there first. And they also sat at the computer or the typewriter yes. or the right. whatever. Yes. And they heard it a particular way. Yes. Like that's why I don't mind line readings. I say to somebody, "Oh yeah, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it. I'm not right. getting it." Tell me how you right. heard it. Right. Yeah. Say it to me, so I can. I'll fill it. Let me hear what you heard, and then if it's not working and I can't make it work, then we can talk about it. Yeah, that's there's right. There's a. There's a. It's like everybody working as hard as they possibly can on what they've done, and then. If it, then it doesn't work, then you talk about it. Right. And you're so right about, you know, it's so th the use of, of having a relationship with a writer as an actor because y you're absolutely right that you hear the way they speak and the rhythms that they speak mm. in and it informs you it about the character mm -hmm. that you're always. playing. Always, always, always. Oh, like the, the, funniest <laughs> the funniest things ever was Lamford Wilson. I was in a play of Lamford's wow. and he was my... T total mentor. I, I met him when I was 21 years old. He was in the audience of a play I was in, uh, you know, like a equity backstage open call thing that he came to see, and and got me involved with Circle Rep, and that became like school for me. And I was got, I was lucky enough to be in a new play of his about 15 years ago, and and he was hysterical in rehearsal because Lanford was a really good actor. He could he could act his own plays and he loved doing it. Right. And, and so you would do something and he would just you literally you knew he would go ah oh, why is he, what what why is he? and you'd go okay what what and he'd come in and, he'd, and then he'd act it out right and that's like a totally different they don't all do that <laughs> no <laughs> you do you form again this communion in right. the rehearsal room that you go it's okay it's right. okay and that was the way he had to do it and. And, and you could but you couldn't have all your characters in the play be length of <laughs> Hey, man, I, 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 I would have paid to see it. <laughs> I heard him once. I remember he did uh, the uh, burn. This, we're talking about burn this one night. Maybe like the you know the one of the top three performances I've ever seen. That yeah. that, that thing, and him do that whole opening monologue when Malkovich comes in. Mm. He did it one night, you know, pissed drunk, you know, and then he did the whole thing and he crashing into everything, and we were like. Why the hell did you need John Malkovich? Great, great. He could act his, his stuff. Yeah, but that, that, that brings up another thing to me. It's about flexibility. You know, how flexible are we? You know, 
and mm. how important is it that we stay flexible and you know just like yeah. using whatever works it's yeah. like you know right. oh great man that's great I'll take that I'll use that yeah. I'll incorporate that so that there's never any to remove defensiveness or fear that's or the ultimate goal. it's the ultimate it's getting out of it's your comfort crucial. zone totally yeah. so again I go, I go back so to Glenn Gary yeah when my agent pitched it to me and I said, I can't do a part that small, I'll just die. I'm just, you know, he's only on stage for about 12 minutes out of the piece and I'm, I go nuts. Which I'm one was that? This is Glenn Gary. Oh, right. And, but this, Great scene. what they yeah. said was, you know, you should try this because this is time. such a different thing for you. And you because surprised everyone. I was so used to being leading man, a musical leading man. I'm comfort, comfortable there. And now I'm playing this kind of guy who disappears, really. And uh, and it was the best thing for my career that I've probably ever done. Mm. It was amazing. I so. did um, Oliana, uh, Harold Pinter directed it in London. And the f when the script first came through, uh, Mamet had underlined the emphasis um, <laughs> uh, of of where he wanted right. where he wanted <laughs> it, it, rhythmically his syncopated sort of rhythms to to, mm -hmm. to go. And we'd read the play and everything, and Harold said, I'm not, I'm not too sure about this. <laughs> and there was this heated exchange oh that went bad. on for weeks between David Mamet and Harold Pinter over oh this. <laughs> with Harold, yeah, really. Harold asking um, David Mamet to remove the emphasis because it's restricting the actors mm. just for the rehearsal process. Mm -hmm. mm. And David Mamet got very, very heated about this and didn't Exercise. like the didn't like it at all. <laughs> finally, he did. He removed all the emphasis. We went through the whole um, the whole rehearsal process. We opened it, and just for myself, I went back one night and I looked at the original script, and we were doing oh. word for word really? wow. what he had underlined. Hmm. Because really? it was such brilliant writing mm -hmm. that yeah. the rhythm. It's like jazz. The music. But you exactly. had to find your yeah. way there. But you we didn't want to be told. Yeah. That's what Harold wanted yeah. to give us the freedom to do. Well, it makes a difference, too. It makes to be a able difference. To, to, you got to go through the process. Yep. You can't just be handed the result. That's right. Hmm. But it, it's so interesting because it's so parallel to life for me. And, you know, I mean, I have been incredibly resistant to process uh, it, it, just in life. And it's like, you have to go through a process all the yeah, time. Yeah. And there is tremendous excitement in going through that. I mean, that must have been incredibly you difficult. Know, but but you there end is. end up with more satisfaction in the process totally than in the result. Right. And a deeper, <laughs> complex life and, and, and play. Yeah. You know, no matter what the piece is, that incredible putting your, being willing to put yourself out there in that process. And I, I think that's something that, as we talk about this, that we, we do that. As, as actors, I, I think we do. I think that's part of the magic of what we do. I think it's part of the, the, the ability that we have or the willingness we have to, to show that to other people or talk to, mm. to people in life about that. And then they get to come see the piece. And you have to be a bit crazy, don't you? And <laughs> you have to be very crazy. And a, and, a, and, a bit, and a bit crazy, but incredibly willing and, and open. And Bright. life is yeah. never m more exciting, I think. Yeah, I agree, yeah.
I have to let those be the final words. Thank you so much. This has been incredibly exciting. Thank you that. And thank you for joining us. These programs are brought to you from the Graduate Center at the City University of New York in partnership with our friends at CUNY TV. On behalf of the American Theater Wing, I'm Howard Sherman. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Working in the Theater. I'm Ted Chapin, Chairman of the American Theater Wing. The Wing has played a vital role in New York's theatrical life for more than 60 years. Best known for creating the Tony Awards, we stand for excellence, but we also support education in the theater, and our work reaches beyond Broadway in New York. The Working in the Theater television programs, which are supported by the Annenberg Foundation and the Dorothy Strelson Foundation, are unequaled forums for discussions with today's most creative artists. Downstage Center's in-depth radio interviews were created in conjunction with XM Satellite Radio and can be heard on our website. For people who are starting their careers, we have a two-week boot camp for aspiring actors from colleges across the country called Springboard NYC. And our theater intern group provides a forum for young people who are starting their careers to build a professional network. All of the American Theater Wing's educational and media programs are available for free on demand from our website, americantheaterwing.org. Thanks for your interest in the wing, and thanks for watching.